Welcome, brave listeners, to the 13th episode of Season 2. Thank you for tuning in to Frightening Tales. Please visit me at FrighteningTales.com for more scary stories. And as always, if you've written your own spooky story, please submit it for a future performance. Today's story, The Tangled Man, is written by Mark Wilhelm. Josh wasn't the awkward outcast you'd hear about in a boogeyman story trying to prove something by daring the creature. He was liked by everyone. He was smart enough to fit in with the nerds, but charming enough to hang out with the cool kids, athletic enough to blend in with the jocks, or creative enough to be one of the artsy crew. The fact was that everyone liked Josh. They liked him, or if in the least, just didn't dislike him. Josh was a good guy. We'd hang out fairly regularly and shared enough moments to be considered friends. Trustworthy, if in the least. I've never had a best friend, not as you see in the movies, but Josh came pretty close. I'd been his wingman a number of times. He'd bought tacos when I struck out. He couldn't probably get the prettiest girl in school if he wanted, but he just didn't work that way, which was probably one of the reasons we got along. He usually looked a little deeper than the surface. We were in grade 10, at a normal enough high school. No longer the new freshman on the scene, we were just sort of the grease in the machine, going through the motions of being taught and than proving we understood the content. Most grade 10s were overlooked. The focus was either on the fresh meat or the established pecking order that happens in any group of humans that stay in one spot long enough. One of the perks of knowing Josh was how he could just click in any social circle. And this got him, and by extension me, invited to nearly every social event. If there was a house party or a dance, somebody would inevitably invite Josh. It was Friday night, and we were invited to Monica Kendall's house party. Many of us had endured a nasty English test that week at the hands of Mrs. Smith's, so many of us needed to cut loose. Monica's parents were invited to a wedding or something out of town, which turned out to be a win-win for all of us. Monica was known for putting on a great party. We knew that if she was having a gathering, it would be a night to remember. 8 p.m. rolled around, and I told my parents I was headed over to Josh's house. Not a lie, but not the whole truth. I knew my mom would only worry if she had all the details, and who am I if not considerate enough to not cause that kind of stress on the woman that made me. The evening was a, a perfect blend of clear and cool. I rode my bike three blocks over and saw Josh removing clutter from the back of his Volkswagen Rabbit, we lovingly just called Rabbit. 
A small car, but he was light years ahead of my two wheels. Hey, Josh. Is everything all right with Rabbit? Hi, yeah. She's just a little messy. In the event she makes a first impression this evening, I thought the least I could do was clean her up a bit, he said with a smile. As much as he was joking, I had no doubt that he would have someone at the party wanting a little bit of one-on-one -on -one attention from him. I found that when he was around, I, I seemed to be imbued with a bit of his charisma. But if I was running a solo game, I naturally got in my way and usually tanked the situation. It didn't take him long to finish up detailing Rabbit before the garage door closed on my bike inside and we were off into the night air. There was something about those initial moments of independence you have with your friends, your jam pumping out of those beat up speakers and that dated set of wheels. Ah, it might as well have been a Mustang or a Challenger for all we cared. We were free and out in the night. You could hear the party before you saw it, which you could see got Josh's gears going a bit. Oh, it's gonna be an early one. Neighbors won't put up with that for too long. Josh quipped, pulling in behind another party goer's car, parked at the curb. It was a bit of a walk down the street, but summer nights like this had a, a kinetic feeling to them that we didn't mind or frankly notice. Anyone milling about the street seemed to be headed to Monica's house. It just seemed to draw you in. It was louder inside, but not from the music. Just so many people trying to connect. We made our way into the house where you could see people had broken into their respective groups. We made our way to the kitchen, the heart of any good party, always seemed to rest in the kitchen. Crossing into the room, we were greeted by outstretched arms holding drinks. Welcome, this is to get you started. I'm Rick, uh, this is Monty, and that's Henny. Most drinks are in this room, but uh, there's another bar by the pool out back. Uh, just follow the bubbles. Bathrooms are on each floor. Uh, please respect locked doors. Was there anything else Monica wanted us to pass on? Rick said, turning to his cohorts who just shook their heads. Awesome. Thanks, I replied. Is Monica around? I'd like to thank her for the invite, Josh added. Uh, don't go in the garage, Penny yelled. Uh, sorry, that was the, the last thing Monica said to tell people. Her dad is working on an old car in there, and if anyone messes with it, well, you know, parents. Sorry, I just remembered. All right, then. Uh, thank you for that startling end of this conversation. We'll follow the bubbles and find Monica, Josh said, turning to walk through to an adjoining room. The house was buzzing and the night went on to be one of the best parties I'd been to. 1 a.m. came and went, and by then the music died down a bit, and things moved inside. This was always my favorite time in the life cycle 
of a party. Most people were starting to get tired, and everyone was drunk or had a buzz, so it was fun but felt more intimate. Conversations got deep or just weird. People shared what they really thought of without their filters on, and most of the guests had had enough of a buzz to not be able to keep up the walls that we surround ourselves with day to day. It was at this point that the conversation turned weirder than normal. I remember it clearly. Ah, uh, Wendy McMillan was on her phone, sitting cross-legged on top of the cabana bar in the backyard. Josh was on a lounger with a beer, and Monica curled up with him. Rick was passed out in a pool donut on the lawn near Ian, who was equally passed out next to an inflated unicorn. Henny was sitting on a bench that rocked with Kira, and we talked about anything and everything. Music, work, school, life, hopes. I'll find out on Monday if I got the job. The interview went well enough for being over the phone. If I do get it, my weeknights won't exist for a while, but I'll be able to afford a new set of wheels and put something aside for college, Josh said. What'll happen to Rabbit? I asked. Well, I'll have to find someone who loves Rabbit as much as I do to buy it off me, he hinted. I love getting a paycheck, but the people you meet working retail can really suck sometimes or are just really creepy other times. This one time, this guy came in and, I kid you not, he was smelling all the panties, like deeply sniffing them. The worst part was later that day I sold a pair of them to Jenna's mom, Kira added. No one can tell her though. Wendy looked up from her phone just then. She'd been rather quiet and distant for much of the night. You want to talk creepy? This new Tangled Man stuff is weird. Tangled Man? Sounds like a band or something, I said. The Tangled Man floats by and by. And should the tangles catch your eye, marked and sought you'll be. The tangled mark upon you now will open gradually, and tangled arms and hands that catch will soon find and tangle thee. Uh, as interesting as that performance was, it sounds like some Slenderman internet crap. You know, clickbait, I replied. Oh, well tell that to Audrey. The tangled man is responsible for her brother's disappearance. And it's why Audrey was pulled out of school. We don't know that for sure. What does that have to do with a boogeyman? Josh asked. Well, the word is that Audrey's brother talked about the Tangled Man before his disappearance. Audrey swears she, she saw it actually come and take him. And says that the Tangled Man likes to prey on two people so that... One can witness it all when the other gets taken. That's how boogeyman stories work. When you see it, it sees you. I guess by letting one victim go, the story spreads, leading someone to see it again. 
Penny added. I don't know if I believe in urban legends like this. There are far too many actual people out there that are screwed up enough to do scary things to other people. For us to have to blame this on something more fantastic, like a spook, Josh said, taking a swig of his beer. The tangled man leaves his mark on you, and when you've seen him, in six days after you're marked, he'll show up and that's it. Wendy said with an odd level of tension in her voice. Are you creeped out by this junk, Wendy? I teased. It's not junk, she cried. It's, it's real. I should know. Oh, and why is that? You've read all the hype, so you're an expert? I returned. And maybe because I'm marked, she said, holding up her arm. We all turned to look, and there on her forearm was a group of red lines that roughly resembled a tangle or not. Looked like a scribble. When it unravels, that's when he'll get you, she spoke. Whatever, let me see that, Josh said, getting up and moving to get a better look at this so-called mark of doom Wendy claimed to have. It's just a henna ink tattoo or some marker, he said, holding Wendy's arm and rubbing the symbol with his thumb. Wendy pulled her arm away. It's not. If you're so impressed by it, then you take it. They're transferable. I should know. That's how I got it from Audrey. Wait, what? Why would you knowingly curse yourself? And how is it that so much of the mythos of this thing is suddenly known? Seems to me like you're in on it, Josh said, eyes still looking at the emblem on her arm. I've known Audrey since elementary school. When her brother went missing, I went to console her and she just, she started to rant about all of the... The crazy that it happened. I thought it was just shock. I told her that I'd do whatever I could to help her. She asked if I'd be willing to take the mark. I thought she was just traumatized. I didn't know it was real. I said the words after her and nothing happened, but she became much calmer. I thought I did a good thing. The next morning I woke up and it was there. It was smaller and tighter than the tangle you see now, nearly just a dot on my arm. But now it looks like this. As creepy as this is, I mean, really. When did we cross into the Twilight Zone? Quipped Kira. I think Kira isn't far off the mark. No pun intended, Josh added. I'm sorry, Wendy. We're supposed to believe that Audrey's brother is missing because of a thing called the Tangled Man, which up until now no one has heard of, and that you are now marked to be next? There's so much that doesn't add up. Like, all the details you're telling us. How could you know all that unless you were making it up? 
What seems more likely, Wendy, is that Audrey's brother met a girl and just hasn't been home yet, and you feel that you need to create this story to get attention or our concern. But, Wendy, we're your friends. You don't need to fight for our attention, Josh said, resting a comforting hand on Wendy's shoulder. She quickly shrugged it off, irritated, and hopped off the bar. If you're so sure, then you take it, Josh. Say it. Say you'll take the mark. Or does part of you realize that I'm not lying and that my being irrational right now is the terror sinking in that I'm next for who knows what? It was so hard to tell if Wendy was actually telling the truth or if she was now back into a corner because we called her out on it. And that's when this whole thing caught itself and turned sharply. I'll take the mark, Josh said, evenly and mindfully. Everyone turned and looked at him. Come again, I said to Josh, staring in confusion at what had just happened. He never liked to know you were hurting. It was part of his likability. He, just be there, was something that made it feel better. Wendy stared at him. I'm... I'm so sorry. I didn't know what else to do. And she ran from the yard into the house. Monica turned to Josh. Why does it feel like you've just been played? The next afternoon, I made my trek over to Josh's house to pick up my bike. I found him sitting out back on the top of his picnic table. Hey, you fighting a hangover? I joked. He just shook his head. It's real, he said, holding out his arm. There on the skin of his forearm was the tangle Wendy had shown us the night before. I was speechless. You know how we called out Wendy for knowing all that stuff about the Tangled Man? Josh said in a reserved tone. She knew it because he talks to you through the mark. When I'm quiet, I can hear it all. He just keeps repeating the poem and telling me he's coming. Is that why you're sitting back here? You're just listening to him? I replied. Yeah. I thought if I could learn something, I might be able to beat this. But I don't think this is something you beat. So, you just need to pass it on to someone then, like Wendy did, I said. You know I can't do that. I'd be putting someone else in danger. Always the good guys, he said with a forced chuckle. You have to do something, I pleaded. Hey, this isn't like running faster. This thing has been around for a long while, and these rules it's made for itself are something that has helped it last as long as it has. 
I thought if I can get the keys to my dad's gun safe and wait for it, I might be able to stop it from hurting anyone else. Why is it your responsibility to always be the one that does the right thing? So many crappy people get away with stuff all the time. Why can't you just let this one go? I knew the answer as soon as I heard the words leave my mouth. He looked up at me and just smiled. It's nice to have people in my life that care. I just need some time right now to see if I can get out ahead of this thing. Judging by the mark, I still have some time. How about we get together later? I nodded my response and went to his garage to get my bike and drove home. It's a different sensation to be in, knowing someone close to you is about to die. It was going to be a difficult next few days. I had spent as much time with Josh as I could over the next two days. We noted how every six hours or so the tangle mark on his arm would change when no one was directly observing it. What had started as a messy scribble was now nearly three parallel lines going from elbow to wrist. We suspected that when the scribbles became three clean straight lines, that was it. And by our estimation, that would be tomorrow night. Tonight, we were getting together. Josh wanted to have some close friends gathered for a, a night of distraction, he said. But I mean, call a spade a spade. It was his send-off. I don't think he shared the news with any of the others. And Wendy just sort of ghosted all of us. No doubt ashamed of what she'd done to Josh. Josh's parents had, had built a full apartment above the garage for when Josh's grandparents might need some assistance as they got older, but... In the meantime, we were allowed to crash there from time to time. The garage was not attached to the house, so we could freely talk about anything without fear that sound would carry. Climbing the steps into the apartment, I could hear his favorite song. Its steady beats marched my steps into the doorway. I could see that he was dancing with Monica. I didn't realize that this was becoming serious between them. I just stood there watching them for a moment, thinking that his life was about to be cut short and he was just dancing like none of it mattered. I'd been watching for enough time that I felt like I was interrupting something. It was embarrassing, so I took a step outside the door to pretend I had to come in again for the first time, but stepping back I bumped into Kira coming up the stairs. Hey there! Everything all right? Are you coming or going? She said, as we narrowly moved around each other, switching places. Oh, we're dancing on the steps now, huh? Uh, all right. Uh, wow. Hmm, <laughs> could you make this any more awkward if you tried? And she stepped into the apartment. 
Ah, I see we're dancing in here too. To which Josh replied, huh? I followed her into the apartment. Hey, how's everyone in here? I said, trying to make it less uncomfortable for myself, but this feeling wasn't going away anytime soon. Josh gave me a look like, don't tell them. I just nodded in acknowledgement that I had his back. He smiled and lifted up Monica to a twirl and headed back to a table where snacks and drinks were arranged. Admittedly, it was a good time. Monica, Kira, Henny, and our mutual friends Duncan and Andrew also showed up. No one talked about the weirdness of Wendy the other night or the cursed glyph that was counting down to Josh getting attacked by some supernatural boogeyman. It was just friends laughing and connecting, making a memorable night. Hey, uh, I want you to have rabbit, Josh said as we found ourselves away from the others to grab a drink. I took a chip from a bowl on the table. That's been your baby for years, Josh. I, I don't know what to say. Say you'll look after her. He popped a cap off a Pepsi bottle and took a swig. Remember? And he cut off. Just, just take her and make some great new memories. This is nuts, Josh. I hate how helpless this feels. I know, buddy. I'm feeling it too, but everything I've heard it say spells out this going down one way. I opened a bottle for myself and he held up his. Chink. Here's to the good guys, he said. And we took a swig. I, I was meaning to tell you I won't be able to be around tomorrow. My parents are taking us up to the lake. It's a big family thing. I can't really find the words to get out of it. Josh paused mid-drink and then nodded. It'll be better for you that way. But I could see he was a little disappointed that he'd have to face this on his own. Luckily, the moment was shattered when Monica bounced over unaware of any of it. Dance with me, she said to Josh and pulled him away onto the dance floor. I watched them then, laughing and dancing, not a care in the world just being in that moment and it made me smile a smile I'm trying with all that I am to hold on to now biting back the terror I feel in my heart I tried not to focus instead I tried to think about the note I left for my parents telling them how amazing they are while I watched his silhouette float across the schoolyard I was waiting in. I tried to think of the look on Josh's face as it came near and I could see its long limbs, dehydrated looking husks shrunk and stretched into long tangles, dragging on the ground. I tried to picture the joy Josh would feel in seeing the mark wasn't there today. I tried 
to imagine the good life he and Monica might have while it sunk its needle teeth into my shoulder and started injecting something into me while it pulled at my arms till they stretched and tangled with his flesh, my insides liquefying and emptying into it as I wove together with him. I tried to think about the fact that this time it didn't have someone else watching to spread the story. And as the last of me was drained away, I tried to smile with the hope I might be its last meal for a very, very long time. Here's to the good guys, Josh. been listening to The Tangled Man by Mark Wilhelm. I hope you've enjoyed this frightening tale, and if you should find yourself in possession of a frightening tale you'd like to share, please submit it through FrighteningTales.com for a future episode. Only submit stories you own the rights for. To do otherwise is just evil. Do tune in again for another scary moment. If you're brave enough. <laughs>